Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Quiz Kids, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Only five more days before the big Labor Day weekend. Buy that extra package of Alka-Seltzer now and take it with you wherever you go. That bell calls today's Quiz Kids class to order. And listen, children, here's your first question. If you Quiz Kids buy a chocolate bar tomorrow, you'll have to spend your pennies. But... Why will thousands of people simply sign their names for a Hershey? Well, now, what do you think of that one, folks? Do you know the answer? Think about it for a moment while the youngsters here in radio's famous classroom of the air get ready for roll call. And here they are, the quiz kids and the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly! Thank you, Tom Moore, and hello, everyone. Welcome to school. We're ready to go with another competitive question session with radio's famous quiz kids. But first, let's see who is present in class this afternoon. Ready for roll call, children? Here we go. Patrick? I'm Patrick Owen Conlon. I'm 11 years old, and I'm 7B at the Fort Dearborn School in Chicago. Joel? I'm Joel Coverman. I'm 12 years old, and 8th grade in Volt School. George? I'm George Cooks. I'm 14 years old, and going into 1B at Roosevelt High School, Chicago. Melvin? I'm Melvin Miles. I'm five years old. Uh, say, Melvin, by the way, I, I want to ask you about that street gang you used to work for. Did, did you ever get your check or your, uh, your union card? I never did get my check, but, uh, but Sidney, my boyfriend, he's uh, from County Hospital, he did come over uh, yesterday and he gave me my union card. Oh, you've got... Oh, fine. Fine. Well, uh, at least you're better off uh, today than you were last Sunday because you had neither one then. See, you got your union card. The check will probably come through all right. And uh, <clears throat> uh, next, a newcomer to our classroom, a glamorous young lady with brown curls and two big dimples, Kathleen. I'm Kathleen Rhodes. I'm nine years old and I'm going into fifth grade at McClure School, Western Springs, Illinois. All right, kids. And now, let's clear up that first question from Cecil O. Harper of San Diego, California. If you quiz kids buy a chocolate bar tomorrow, you'll have to spend your pennies. But why will thousands of people be permitted to simply sign their names for a Hershey? Now, let's see. Melvin has his hand up. Well, uh, usually, so, so the people could get acquainted with you, and then sometimes you'll, uh, you may get it free. Well, that's uh, fairly good logic now, Melvin. Yeah, that's fairly good logic, but however, that is not the answer to the question. No more hands up, George? Since uh, so many uh, young men are going to be drafted tomorrow, that might be it. Well, that is right, but uh, can you clear that up just a little bit more? Why did I say simply sign their names for a Hershey? Does that mean anything oh, to you? Uh, Mr. Hershey in charge of the draft? That's right, absolutely. Louis B. Hershey is director of the draft. <laughs> uh, 
That's right, George. That's 100% perfect. And for sending in that question, Alka-Seltzer sends Cecil O. Harper of San Diego, California, a fine Zenith Transoceanic shortwave portable radio, the most outstanding portable on the market today. Now, that's always Alka-Seltzer's reward when the quiz kids answer your question correctly. If they miss... Alka-Seltzer sends you a big Zenith radio phonograph combination with the new Cobra Tone Arm 2 FM bands, the whole works. And this set is a real beauty. So try your hand at stumping these youngsters. Send your questions to Quiz Kids Chicago. Now, kids, this question from Arthur Shoup of Vallejo, California, is about tools or instruments associated with certain professions. Who would use these instruments? Now, you must get two out of three on this. First... A transit and rod. George? A surveyor. Surveyor, that's absolutely right. How about uh, who would use a mortar and pestle? Pat? Bricklayer. The what? A bricklayer. Oh, no, or no. Or a carpenter. No, George? Uh, they used to use those in the old pharmacies and also in the kitchen. <laughs> that's right. Good boy, George. Uh-huh. Now, who would use a gauge block and stylus? Melvin? A tool and die maker. A tool and die maker, right! <laughs> How do you like that for five years old? I asked for two out of three, and you gave me three out of three. Very good, kids. Now, you'll have to mix a little chemistry with your knowledge of baseball to answer this question from P.E. Seidler of Bremerton, Washington. If you put the symbols for the following groups of elements together, they'll spell out terms used in baseball. What baseball term would this be? The symbol for sulfur, argon, and iron. Pat? Well, uh, the symbol for sulfur is F. S. And argon is A. A. And iron is uh, F-E, so that'd be safe. Safe, S-A-F-E. That's correct. Good boy. <laughs> Try this one. Tungsten, aluminum, and potassium. Pat? Well, um, tungsten is W. W. Aluminum is A-L. Yes. And, that, and uh, potassium is K. So? So that's a walk. Walk, it's a walk. Face on balls. That's right. Uh-huh. I wonder if you children have figured out our mystery question for this week. At the end of the program last Sunday, remember, I gave you this clue for a whodunit question from Clara Hillman, uh, who lives in Brooklyn, New York. Here's your problem now, 2 times 12 and how. And right now, Tom Moore looks as if he has a word to say, so you quiz kids can think about that uh, whodunit question for a little bit longer. Say, I wonder, did you have a big argument with yourself at the dinner table today over whether you should or should not have that second piece of pie? Well, I won't ask which side won your willpower or that piece of pie. Instead, let me suggest that on those occasions when you do overeat and acid indigestion is the result, be wise. Alkalize with Alka-Seltzer. Yes, just drop an Alka-Seltzer tablet or two into a glass of water, listen to it fizz, then drink it down. Then we believe you'll be amazed to see how soon Alka-Seltzer begins to ease up that stuffy, uncomfortable feeling in your stomach. It isn't long before you can draw a deep sigh and say with relief, I do feel so much better. Yes, friends, for relief from the distress of acid indigestion, Alka-Seltzer is fast. Alka-Seltzer is effective. Alka-Seltzer is dependable. And so that you'll never be without it, make it a point to get that extra package when you buy. Remember, an extra package on the side keeps a household well supplied. Well, it's time to come out from your huddle now, quiz kids, and let's hear your answer to the whodunit question. Your clue was, here's your problem now, two times twelve and how. Looks like Joel is going to be the spokesman. All right, Joel. Ham Fisher. What? Ham Fisher. No, no, that's not the answer, Joel. But I'll tell you, 
uh, we'll have another clue a little bit later on. In the meantime, this question from the Alka-Seltzer question box is from Preston E. Dalton of Collinsville, Illinois. What very famous male turned 30 years of age this year? What very famous male turned 30 years of age this year? Joel. Airmail? Airmail, that's right, absolutely. That's the correct answer. Now, here's a question that uh, might uh, give a history student some trouble. H.F. Smith of Ames, Iowa, wants to try it on you children. You're to get two out of three parts correct. Who were the first and last persons elected to the presidency on these tickets? Number one, Federalist. Pat? Well, uh, the first president elected on the Federalist ticket was in 1789. So? And that would be George Washington. George Washington? And the second and last... Yeah. <laughs> it was John Adams. They had a short rule. And uh, it was John Adams, and he was elected in, uh, oh, I... I've... You really don't have to tell me, but I'm waiting. Well, <laughs> uh, he was elected in, seven, in uh, 1897. No. 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 You're awful little well, bit Well, anyway, that. that was... Joel? It's 1797. And another thing. Uh, jo- when George Washington, uh, pardon me, but when George Washington was elected, uh, he wasn't elected under the name of the Federalist Party, so John Adams would be the first and last person uh, elected on the Federalist ticket. Well, now, wait a minute. Pat has his hand up here. We'll get this straightened around here in a minute. Patrick? Well, the reason that uh, Washington wasn't, uh, wasn't, uh, wasn't elected on the Federalist ticket was because he was the people's choice, and they didn't have any political parties in that time. There were only two factions, Jefferson and uh, Hamilton, Alexander. And um, he uh, later, uh, Washington had the pressure put on him to uh, to announce that he was a member of one of the other bro- one of party or the other parties, the Federalists or the Anti-Federalists. So, so he said he was a member of the Federalist Party, and uh, he was a Federalist Party member. Fine, Patrick. Tell you, we'll just have to double check on that after the program's over. All of us get together around that big dictionary. Uh, <clears throat> now, how about the Republican Party, first and last? Joel? Well, the first person elected on the Republican Party was Lincoln in 1861. Right. And the last person was uh, Hoover in 1929. That is also right. Very good, Joel. <laughs> now, how about the Democratic Party? Pat? Well, the, the first Democrat... He was elected on the Democratic-Republican ticket, though. What was, was his name? Uh, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson's right. And he was elected in 1900, or 1800. Well. 1800. And um, he went under the name of the Democratic-Republicans. Yeah. But uh, if you're going to count it under the real Democrat Party, Andrew Jackson was the first one. That but, is, uh, that's really, right. But uh, Jefferson is named as the founder of the Democratic Party. That's right. Andrew Jackson was elected uh, first under the Democratic Party after it was called just Democratic. Now, uh, how about the last, uh, Joe? Well, that would be Franklin Delano Roosevelt in 1933. And if you, pardon me, but if you are going under who's uh, first, uh, when it was first called the Democratic Party, then it would be Monroe, not Jackson. Well, say, I... <laughs> what do you know about that? It's funny how those things get away. Uh, Pam? Well, I am sure that it was Andrew Jackson because Monroe went under the name of the Democratic-Republican Party. And uh, likewise, so did uh, John Quincy Adams and Madison and Jefferson. But Jackson was the first one that went under the name of the Democratic Party, and if you look that up, I'm sure you'll find it was. Yeah, well, that's what we found, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, uh, 
Well, just to be on the safe side, we'll do a little checking on that also after the program is over. Now, here's a music question from uh, Mrs. Julia Martin of Springfield, Massachusetts. You kids are to identify three songs, which Howard Peterson will play for you. But instead of giving us the titles now, you are to give us a demonstration of what each song suggests. Get two out of three. Here's the first Patrick? Well, that's laughing on the outside and crying on the inside. And if you want a demonstration, <laughs> here it is. All right. <laughs> and as for the crying on the inside... <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, Patrick. <laughs> two very good demonstrations. Let's see what we can do with this number two here. How about that one, kids? The uh, title of it will give you the hint for the demonstration. Well, uh, you give up on that one? That's called a tune for humming, so... Pat? Well, there we go. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, that's a dandy, yeah. uh, Well, we missed that one, but I only asked for two out of three, and we still have a chance to... uh, Score on this. Let's have number three, Howard. Pat? Well, that's the merry-go-round broke down. No, no. no. Uh, George? Whistle while you work. Whistle while you work, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds good, George. Yes, sir. You really puckered up there and gave us the old whistle, didn't you? <laughs> well, you gave me two out of three on that, kid, so that saved the question. Now, Robert Smith of Moline, Illinois, has sent in a question about automobiles that you listeners might like to try on your friends. He wants you quiz kids to name two makes of automobiles that begin with the same letters that your last names begin with, which would be, of course, uh, C-K-R-M. Now, first, let's take C for Common and Cooks. How many cars can you name that begin with C? George? Cole, Colby, Chase, Case, Chandler, and Chalmers. Yeah, fine. Pat? Cadillac. Cadillac, yeah. Joel, what were you going to say? Well, I was, uh, Chevrolet. Chevrolet? Well, all right, fine. I only asked for two, and you gave me a lot there. Now I'll try K for Copperman. George? Kissel, Kimball, Keystone, Kellogg. Well, now, those, uh, those are old-timers, aren't they, George? <laughs> Joel? Kaiser Fraser. Kaiser, huh? And uh, how about uh, R for Rhodes? These can be the new cars or the old-timers. George again. Rio, Rockney, Rickenbacker, Rolls-Royce, Revere, Roby, and Roosevelt. Well, that's more than two, yes. And uh, last is M for little Melvin Miles. All right, uh, George again. Monarch, uh, Marmon, Moon, Maxwell, and the Mercedes-Benz, which is Hitler's car. Uh-huh, fine. I'm glad we got uh, Jack Betty's car in there. That, uh, Kathleen? Mercury. Mercury. Very good, huh? Well, that just went along swell, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, here's a question from the Alka-Seltzer question box. It ought to be a lot of fun. It's from Harry McDonald of Chicago, Illinois. He wants to know how you might say goodbye to the following people if you use expressions associated with their kind of work. For instance, how might you say goodbye to a butcher? Pat? Well, uh, you might say it's a long ham. Uh, of course, if you so long, 
<laughs> Joe? I'll have to cut off our conversation. Have to cut off our conversation, Pat. Well, if you, if, uh, you were Chinaman, you'd say so long, Chop Chop. So long, Chop Chop, yeah. Or you might say, well, I'm glad I got to meet you. <laughs> oh, dear, I had to throw that one in there. Now, how might you say goodbye to a baker? A baker. You're saying goodbye to a baker. Kathleen? I have to roll off now. That's a dandy. I have to roll along. Any more? All right. Now then, I know you're all anxious to hear the next clue to the mystery question, so I won't keep you in suspense any longer. The first clue to the whodunit question was, here's your problem now, two times twelve, and how? And on the next clue, I'm going to ask our sound effects man to help me with it. Now listen carefully to the two sound effects you will hear. Now then, you can go into another little kid, because here comes Tom Moore with an important reminder for our listeners. There are only five more days before the big Labor Day weekend. Buy that extra package of Alka-Seltzer now and take it with you wherever you go. Yes, friends, it's wise to plan ahead for that extra long weekend, the last one of the summer season. Probably you've made your plans already. And if it's to be a little trip, remember to take along some good time insurance in the form of an extra package of Alka-Seltzer. You never know when someone may get a headache or an acid stomach upset, and you could be a long way from a drugstore when it happens. But with that extra package of Alka-Seltzer handy in your car, you'll be all set to enjoy the pleasant, fast relief Alka-Seltzer can give. No use letting a thing like a headache or an acid stomach upset ruin your pleasure. Not when Alka-Seltzer can help put things right again, and in a hurry, too. So when you go to your drugstore for Alka-Seltzer, make it two packages instead of one. Keep one at home, as usual, and take the other package with you wherever you go. Yes, an extra package in the car can act just like a spare. You may not uh, need to use it, but it's wise to have it there. Get Alka-Seltzer at any drugstore. Well, kids, let's return to the whodunit question. Come on, take your t seats now. First clue was, here's your problem now, two times twelve and how. Second clue was... <laughs> <clears throat> kind of broke down on a second. Do, do you have the correct answer now? Patrick is the spokesman. Well, we hope we do. I, um, we thought for a while there it might be the Progressive Party because they ran in 1912, 1936, or uh, 1924, and 1948. And that's well, two times 12. Well, uh... Multiples of 12. But uh, now uh, it might be Bill Veek. No. Bill no. Veek? No, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll give you one more clue, and here it is. Listen. All right, Howard, let's have it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, how about that, kid? Does that uh, musical clue mean anything to you? Anybody want to uh, attempt to answer it? You give up? Well, I'll tell you. Let's clear up the clues, and as we get to the end of the clues, well, then you'll find out what the answer is. Here's your problem now, 2 times 12 and how. 2 times 12 is 24, and 24 dollars was the equivalent of what Peter Minuit paid the Indians for Manhattan Island. The how in and how suggested an Indian. Second clue, sound of silver dollars in an Indian, sort of a worn-out Indian <laughs> war cry, suggested 24 dollars in an Indian. And the third music clue was, she's a Latin from Manhattan, and I thought maybe... One of you kids might know the title of the song. Pat? Well, Peter Minuet would be the uh, whodunit. That's right, yeah, Peter Minuet. I uh, certainly would. 
Well, that means that Clara Hillman of Brooklyn, New York, who sent that to Who Done a Question In, will receive one of the big, beautiful Zenith radio phonograph combinations from the makers of Alka Seltzer. Now, I'm going to give you the first clue for next week's What's It question at the end of the program. In the meantime, let's get along with more questions. Margaret Sanders of Dallas, Texas, points out that the adventures in some stories are not very happy ones. In what story did a bear get his nose badly stung and got no honey at all? Melvin? The big brown bear. The big brown bear, that's right. Good boy. In what story did a meadow mouse get a ride up in the sky, but he had the claws of an owl in his back at the time? Kathleen? Danny Meadow Mouse. Danny the Meadow Mouse. Very good. Since it won't be long before you children will be going back to school, Charles C. Griffith of Hudson, Iowa, wants to know if you think it's a good policy to take your teacher something on the opening day. Uh, do you think it puts her in a good mood, or do you think it just makes her think you're trying to get out of work? Now, let's see what you all have to say. George? Oh, the other kids might think that you're trying to polish the apple. Trying to polish the apple, I see. And, uh, Joel? Well, uh... That might suggest uh, that uh, you'd done something wrong during the uh, last semester and you were trying to uh, sort of make up in case she suddenly found out. Oh. You know, give her the impression that you had reformed. Uh-huh. I see. And Patrick? Well, uh, I, don't, I don't see the, uh, the occasion for it because over at my school we don't have many bad teachers. In fact, I can remember any of them. Oh, and yeah, uh, the well, teacher that's... I'm having this time isn't, uh, is very nice. Uh -huh. And I don't feel the need for bringing an apple anyway. Oh, you don't? No. Uh -huh. Because uh, she may not like apples and... Uh-huh. That's true. Well, it's up to the individual, yes. Uh, Kathleen? I don't think you should bring candy at the beginning of the year, but I think you should at the end to, to show you her that you, you're you glad you ha you've had her and everything like oh, that. Oh, I see. Those token of appreciation. I see. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, now, uh, Melvin, what have you got to say, son? Well, I think it always is uh, nice to bring your teacher an apple or something because, uh, of course, not chocolate because otherwise it would melt right away in the, in the summertime or in the spring. So uh, so uh, you should get, bring her a pear or an apple or something and then she'd feel more happy, I think. Well, now that sounds all right. I just want you to know, Melvin, your thinker's working all right now. It certainly is. I think that union card's helping you a lot, yeah. I, uh, speaking of thinking, I, I think all you listeners will enjoy trying this question along with the quiz kids. It's from Mrs. B.P. Fox of Silver City, North Carolina. I'm going to read one or two lines from very familiar songs, and you are to tell if I have read the lines correctly or if I have used a word that is not correct. You must get two out of three on this one. Here's the first. Or give me a home where the buffaloes roam. Pat. Well, that's uh, right. That's from Home, Home on the Range. You say that's right? And, Joel? Uh, oh, uh... Joel? Oh, give me a home where the buffaloes do roam. So oh. No. Uh, no. It would be wrong in any way. No, no, wait a minute. You're, you're, you're uh, getting the thing worse off than I got it there, uh, George? When you said, oh, gives me a home, it, it shouldn't be plural. You should say, oh, give me a home where the buffaloes Did roam. Did I say, oh, gives me? <laughs> Well, I just can't get with that baby talk. You know, uh, Pat? Well, I still, I still think that's right. No, now let me read it once more. Oh, give me a home where the buffaloes roam. No coaching oh, the audience. Okay. Kathleen? I think, um, I don't think it's buffalo 
What is? I don't think it's buffaloes. It isn't. It's buffalo. It's buffalo. That's right. I'll see what we can do with the next one. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner still wave? Uh, what, uh, Pat? Well, of course, that's from the Star-Spangled Banner. And you said, oh, say, does that Star-Spangled Banner still wave? Yes. So? Wait, I... uh, that would, that'd be right. What? That would be right. You you say it's right? Well, now, wait a minute. We have some other hands up here. We'll check first. Uh, Kathleen? I think that sounds wrong, but I can't, I can't tell what's wrong with it. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, Joel? Well, I was going to say the same thing as uh, she said. Did Melvin have his hand? I thought he... Oh, he's just fixing his hat. I see. He's having a little trouble with his hat. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner still wave? Joel? Isn't it, uh, isn't there two oh say's? Oh, say? No. 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 No, you give up on this one? Well, oh, say, does that star-spangled banner still wave? It is yet wave. It should be yet wave instead of still wave. Yet wave is correct. Now, the next one. Oh, my name is McNamara. I'm the leader of the band. Even though we're few in number, we're the loudest in the land. Patrick. Well, uh, my name is McNamara. I'm the leader of the band. And although we're few in number, we're the finest in the land. That's right. Absolutely. Right on the nose. Well, that question called for two out of three. You gave me two out of three. This one is from Mrs. Garfield Lee of Mingo, Iowa. No doubt you know that old expression, let George do it. You are to tell in these instances which George did do it. Two out of three on this one. What George glorified the peanut and the sweet potato? Joel. George Carver. George Washington Carver, that's right. What George, through his ship bombing strategy, sank an entire Japanese fleet in the Bismarck Sea? George? Would that be George Marshall? No, no. Oh. Joel? Oh, I... I... Yeah, and it's thought off, but I forgot it. Well, uh, you give up on this one? All right, it was Lieutenant General George C. Kenny, commander of the 5th Air Force. What George wrote, you can't take it with you. What George wrote, you can't take it with you. You give up on that one? George S. Kaufman. Well, we missed on that. Yep, that means a miss. And Alka Seltzer gives away a big Zenith Radio Phonograph combination to Mrs. Garfield Lee of Mingo, Iowa, for sending in that stumper. Now, uh, here comes, uh, well, that's the bell, isn't it? Yes, sirree. That's the school bell. means we have a mighty important question now for our judges. And I know you're all anxious to hear your grades for today, and we'll have them in just a minute. Meantime, here's a message about one-a-day brand vitamins. Don't take chances. Are you sure you're getting all the essential vitamins you need from the food you eat? Remember this. Government surveys show that meals of three out of four persons are short on vitamins. Don't take chances. Instead, take one-a-day brand multiple vitamins. Lack of vitamins in your food can cause you to feel under par and run down. So take one-a-day brand multiple vitamins. Sixty capsules, two-month supply, only $2 at any drugstore. Potency guaranteed by Miles Laboratories. Lack of vitamins in your food can keep you from feeling your best and looking your best. You can't afford to take chances. Take one-a-day brand, multiple vitamin capsules. All right now, quiz kids, here we are. The judges have just handed me your report cards. Remember, under our present mathematical formula for scoring, your age is taken into consideration, as well as the number of correct answers you gave. And don't forget either, 
Whether you win or lose this afternoon, you will each receive a $100 security bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. Now then, here's the judge's report. They say our entire class missed uh, two questions. George was first, Patrick second, and Joe and Melvin tied for third. So we'll see you four back in class next Sunday, along with Derese Richmond, age seven. And now, here's some homework for you quiz kids, and you listeners, too. The clue on our what's it question for next week. Remember, I can read it only once, so listen carefully. And here it is. A lamb, a fish, a kid, impressionism. Hey, that one's a real teaser, isn't it? Give it some serious thought and see if you can't come up with the right answer next Sunday. Oh, say, I almost forgot. Gene Autry, the famous Western movie star, is opening at the Oriental Theater here in Chicago this week, and he's trying very hard to arrange his schedule so that he can be on our Quiz Kids program next Sunday, and we certainly hope he makes it. In the meantime, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the Quiz Kids. Goodbye, kids. Bye, Mr. Kelly. Listen to the Quiz Kids every week and listen to Alka-Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations. And folks, in closing, I'd like to recall a simple fact to you, that the name of the country you live in is the United States. That word united has built this country to what it is. A united America will keep it what it is. In the days ahead, we can no more face the world as individuals or groups of individuals than the 13 colonies could long ago. If we're not united among ourselves, Free of prejudice, group against group, how can we face the rest of the world? It's something to think about. The United States must be a united America. This is Tom Moore speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.